Mayday, Mayday. This story was born out of a workshop run by my great friend Burley Doherty, as well as being an incredibly accomplished writer of children's and general fiction. Burley is an excellent motivator and workshop leader. The writer's workshop was held in Burley's beautiful English country cottage in Derbyshire and our remit was to go for a walk around the local area and return for lunch and formulate a story from our experiences. As I walked around with Brian and my partner, I could hear the others chattering away from some distance, their voices ebbing and flowing. All the elements in this story are things that we've found while exploring except the delightful Emma, unfortunately, and they are all here in the story. By the way, for those who don't know, Mayday, Mayday, spelt the French way, is the international call sign at sea for help. Mayday, Mayday, by Bill Allerton. It's a mayfly. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Emma was bone-tired of listening to the chatter rolling like loose stones in their mouths. You wouldn't know a mayfly if it jumped up and bit you, she said. Yes, I would, replied Dave. All right, said Bob. He stepped out onto a black moss-covered rock that parted the stream, sending some of it shingling into the shallow bank where Emma sat. How would you know it's a mayfly? Well... I don't know anything else that lives under rocks, said Dave. Bob jumped back onto the shingle, and together he and Dave edged their way upstream along the pebbled margin. Their voices fell around the loop of the river, echoed and sepulchral to where Emma sat, tasting the scent of newly disturbed grass, while the chill of swiftly churning shallow water wrinkled the skin of her toes. She remained silent and still, listening to them silvering the black stones with their lack of wit and the incessant liquidity of their babbling. Does that make it a mayfly, then, just because it lives under a rock? said Bob. Emma lifted her toes from the water, feeling the sunlight warm and golden on the softened skin, then dipped them back in, spreading them wide so that a new sound hissed from the quiet shingle beneath the surface. The voices came once more. Look, there's a tin. It's not. It's a can. It's a tin. It's a can. All right. What's it say on it? Can't quite make it out, but I think it's lager. That does it then. If it's beer, it's a tin. Hmm. Unless it's canned beer. Emma leaned back and felt the shingle bite through the thin cotton of her T-shirt into the early summer pale glow of her skin. And for a moment, it was quiet. Like the country should be. Then the voices found her again, buzzing her ears as if they were sheep flies. There's a fish in it. In what? In the can. You mean, in the tin? Tin, can, whatever. Well, it's natural, isn't it? What is? Well, it's another example of man hand in hand with nature, isn't it? I mean, if somebody hadn't thrown in the can, tin, the fish wouldn't have had nowhere to live, would it? Yeah. Stands to reason that, doesn't it? Yeah, this conservation's all bollocks, in it. Emma heard the hard-soled city shoes tramp the little plank bridge like two-thirds of Billy Goat's gruff, all the while 
hoping for a troll. Their voices tapered off through the ferns as they climbed the short rise to the field above. Two foxgloves stood out on the crest, pale, pink and rude. The only difference, she thought, between them and the flowers was the silence. The IQ was about the same. She knew exactly where they were, as the voices found her again, coming through the break in the grey limestone wall that ridged the far bank. She stood up and stretched in the warm light, watching the moats and pollen drifting close by the water, where the sun shafted through the higher branches. It wouldn't be long now. She racked the sun against the tops of the trees and measured the length of the shadow of her arm with a quick glance. Half an hour until the bus. Hmm, maybe a bit more. It's still alive, isn't it? Can't be. The river of inanity began to swell again as they reached the uprooted tree. Emma heard it flood and ripple with nonsense and ridicule, the arguments as fatuously clear as a stream beneath the bridge. It is, but it's ripped out the ground. Perhaps it's a lightning tree. Emma searched the sky for clouds and wished. But trees are supposed to be stood up. Give us hand then. Don't be a pillock all your life. It's too big. Emma began to climb the bank at the far side of the bridge. Every time her foot slipped, she remembered a reason why this had seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, Dave was good-looking, but he'd insisted on bringing Bob along with him. Still, she thought, if I can get them out into the country, perhaps. Except now, she wasn't quite sure what she'd thought, and this certainly wasn't anything like she'd expected. By the time she topped the rise, they'd found the old van. Dave was stood in the wreck, swinging the steering wheel and waving. Bob picked his way amongst the skeletal steel remains, his movements small, quick and vulture-like. Dave thumped the horn button, as if that would make up for the lack of electricity. He hooted his discovery. "'It's a Ford!' "'It in. It is. It in.' Emma climbed lazily onto the horizontal branches of the fallen tree. She hitched her way along the trunk until she reached a huge vertical disk of roots entwined with rock where it had ripped from the earth. She turned, leaned her back against it, and watched them despairingly while she considered the day. So far, this had been a waste of her best T-shirt and her skimpiest pair of shorts. She'd hoped at least to start a bit of competition between them. But this wasn't quite what she'd had in mind. It is, it's the Ford Thames. Are they sure it's not a Mayfly? No, that were a triumph. My uncle had one. That were a Mayflower. It weren't, it were a Mayfly. Flowers don't live under rocks in a river. No, you pillock the car. I've just tell thee, it were a Ford Thames. Aye, I knew it was summat to do with a river. Emma stretched languidly along a wide bare branch, allowing her legs to fall enticingly either side. Hey, look, said Dave, ignoring them completely. There's names carved on this tree. They began to read them then, wandering around beneath and totally oblivious to the soft-skinned distractions of Emma's legs, all the while laughing and chuckling at the love hearts and promises of undying devotion. Emma decided it was only fair to ignore them, too. 
She slid from the branch and made her way around to the other side of the tree where it fell in shade, and was carved with the legends Emma and Jim, May 93, and Emma and Scott, May 94. Her fingers found the old scar on its low side and traced out Emma and Mike, May 89, and knew in that instant that it would never, never be carved with Emma and Dave or Emma and Bob, May 96. She led the way down the bank, back over the bridge and on to the lane where the bus would turn around and wait for a minute or two before taking her back to town, where she could at least close her own door and find a moment of silence and peace. That river's got iron in it, said Dave. Where's it going to get iron from out here, asked Bob. It's in the soil. You mean like where that old farm van's rusting away? No, that orange stuff coming out of the bank. Strange, said Bob. You'd think they'd dig it up, wouldn't you? Make something useful out of it, like beer cans, tins, and then there'd be more places for the fish to live. Only if we threw them in the river. Well, that's what the country's for, ain't it? Coming out and drinking beer. Like you said, this conversation's all bollocks. You mean conservation, said Bob. Don't correct him when he's right, said Emma. The bus pulled into the end of the lane and groaned its way towards them in a low gear until it drew abreast of the turning point. As it reversed, a small stone spit out from the side of the tyre and hit Dave on the arm. Ow! he said. Something just jumped up and bit me. What was it? asked Rob. I don't know, said Dave. Well, that settles it then, said Emma. Well, that's all for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed your free podcast from Urban Tiger Radio. And if you've hit that subscribe button, you'll be hearing from us again in a week's time. So it's a goodbye from me and a... (coughs) From Nelly. Goodbye.